Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, they have power. Okay, no problem. But they do not have media right power. You heard? Congratulations, Naz. First of all, the question everybody wants to know the answer to, why was this such an ugly fight? Yeah, that's true. I've got, I've got earth devastating power. Beyond this earth, like my power will crush old feelings, crush old world. What are you feeling right now? Uh, hold on, man. Hey, Dad, brush my hair one time. Oh, hey, Pop, come brush my hair. Welcome to another episode of Tough Talk. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Biggers. Alongside me will be Jules and Robert Alexander. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up, fellas? How are y'all? I'm I'm doing well, man. I'm so glad we got Tough Talk back. Uh, I'm excited right now. (laughs) Starting forward, this is always going to be Tuesday. We're going to keep it as it always has been, uh, Tuesday night. And it's going to try to be a weekly thing. Uh, things do come up, of course, but we are going to go forward here on a weekly basis and keep this uh, tough talk going forward. But guys, it's a good, exciting card here for Laura Hurd. Um, I know most of you uh, thought Laura was going to win, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, first of all, I want to get everybody's opinion on J-Rock uh, versus Nathaniel Gallimore. Uh, did you guys like that fight? It was uh, kind of hit and miss there. Um, Gallimore did win some rounds, but obviously it wasn't enough. Where did uh, Gallimore go wrong, and what was J-Rock doing right? Yeah, you know, um, aside from the Charlo fight, Julian Williams is a, is a very good fighter. You know, I know coming up, people labeled him as a prospect and everything. And, you know, he's taking that role role real well um, coming into the fight. And, you know, since Charlo's incident, you know, he lost that fight. He lost by knockout. I think he's carried himself well coming back from that fight. Um, although my main issue with him still is the defense. You know, um, I thought he got hit with some shots that he shouldn't have. Um, even some of them I thought he should have been able to anticipate. Um, he still takes a good shot, so he's really not uh, punch drunk or anything from that Charlo knockout. So he's still able to take a decent punch. But I just felt like the, the you know, the fundamentals to me still are lacking with him. And, and it's lacking enough to where he's not going to really be able to step up in those big fights with guys like Charlo. And, and hold his own, in my opinion. It was a good showing, um, but it was to me it wasn't good enough. He didn't wow the crowd or anything in, in a fight that he really should have. So you weren't impressed. You don't think that uh, he's ready for, like, another title shot anytime soon? No. I think he needs to clean up a lot of stuff. If he takes another title shot soon – um, same results as Charlo. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to get knocked out again. That's hard to predict. But he, the fundamentals are, are lacking to the point where he needs to work on all of that before he becomes championship level. Jules, you, uh, you stand by that? I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I, I, when it comes to J-Rock, um, I, I think – Rob, you hit it on the head. He's very talented, and he's very, um, you know, he he definitely he's definitely living up to that moniker in terms of, you know, being a being a being a pro- rather being a prodigy. I think personally, though, if he was to get a championship fight, I think he would do much better. Only for the fact that I think Charlo was a learning experience. Um, you know, he's on a three fight win streak. You know, he did beat Ishe Smith. Um, You know, Ishe is a very crafty veteran. And I think the Charlo loss 
in my opinion, has made him better. Granted, I, I do agree, you know, he did get hit a lot, you know, against Gil- Gallimore, um, you know, particularly, I would say, maybe in the early to middle rounds. But I will say this, I, he wasn't in trouble. Like, that I, I didn't get from uh, J-Rock being in trouble. Like, in no way was I saying, oh, my God, J-Rock is going to get, you know, is going to be an upset. I, I wasn't thinking that. And no, no disrespect to Gallimore. He fought, he fought you know, a, a, a hell of a fight. But I knew J-Rock had it in the bag. Um, would I have liked to have seen a more impressive victory, like against Josh, Joshua Conley? I mean, he came, after the Charlo loss, you know, he had a TKO victory against Joshua Conley. So, of course, I wanted him to make a statement. But I will say this. If he was to get a title shot, I think he would do much better. I think the Charlo loss was a really good experience. Um, and I think, you know, once again, with Gallimore, sometimes – you know, guys, they fight to their level of competition. And once again, not to disrespect Gallimore saying that he's a bad fighter. I just think J-Rock, you know, <laughs> he took it as, okay, this is a guy who really doesn't pose a threat. It's a stay-busy fight. And, you know, I'm going to get the win uh, now and, and look good the next time. Yeah, I, under, I understand okay. your opinion. Definitely, I, I value that. Because uh, that's a great assessment of him and his career. But the only thing that I would, you know, disagree with there is the fact that um, he gave some rounds away, you know. I mm. feel like he gave some rounds away in that fight. That's, yeah, that's but I would agree with that. He definitely seemed like he took some rounds off, maybe. But um, move on to the, the next fight in the car there. Truex DeGale, that was one ugly, bloody mess. I mean, from, yeah, from it really was. I want to ask you guys something. Um, I don't know how closely you watched those uh, first few head bumps that caused Truex to open up. It really seemed it was intentional to me. Now I can't say it was. It said it looked that way. Um, what did you guys take on on DeGale's early head bumps there? Uh, I, I'll I'll start it first. I'll start it first, Lucas. You're right. It did look intentional. It did look intentional. I'm going to be very honest with you. It really like I'm like, is he doing it? I mean, granted, um, you know, heads are going to collide. You know, heads are going to collide in boxing. It happens. Um, and I, I'm not saying that he did it intentionally, but it damn it damn sure looked intentional. I I, I will say that and. I don't know if it's because it was a bad style matchup the second time around. It just seemed very odd because, you know, I'm, I'm watching this fight and I'm like, wait a minute, this cannot be the, the, the freaking same fight. Okay. A rematch from the first fight. Like it, it didn't look, it didn't make any sense to me, <laughs> you know, it, it's look, it, to me, it was like these guys were fighting each other for the first time. And I, I just didn't really understand you know, how these guys look like it was so awkward. You know, uh, Caleb, he he looked like he wasn't really in fighting shape. The, the first fight, he looked great. You know, he looked really, really good. The second fight, he didn't even look like he was in shape. And DeGale, in my opinion, as you said, Lucas, it really looked like DeGale was trying to make it a rough fight. And, but he just didn't know how, if that makes sense, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say it was intentional, but it, it did look like he was trying to. It, it looked that way. Rob, yeah, you know, think it was intentional? You know, if you look at the tape and look at the fight tape and all that, he led with his head. Um, he really did lead with the head. So I I don't know his, his personal thoughts um, his game plan, what he was feeling at the time, to say that he intentionally did it. But the tape, you know, what's on the videotape doesn't lie. He led with the head, and he led with the head at least twice. Yeah. What I think was the fact that the the real cut issue that happened was on DeGale's face, and it, and it was called a punch when it was, in fact, a headbutt. So... You know, and and that could have really weighed heavily on the fight, being as if the fight was called based on it being ruled a punch, he would have got it. He would have got a, a TKO, Romy, if it couldn't if it couldn't last the fight. So I really thought that was interesting. 
And being that said that, you know, keeping that in mind, I didn't think that the, the Gale went out and fought violently to the fact that, you know, he wanted to win the fight, even with the cut on the head. You know, so I don't know what, what the deal is with the Gale. Um, I honestly feel like he's a much better fighter than what he put out in this fight, in his last several fights. He did get the victory. On Caleb's side of things, um, he wasn't. I don't believe he was in shape, uh, Jules. He he even admitted, he, you know, he wasn't himself that night. But that's why I picked the Gale to win the fight, because a lot of Caleb's fights uh, go that way. You know, they had said something on the telecast before that he, to the level of uh, fighting elite-type fighters like a DeGale and couldn't get over the hump, and he finally did against DeGale. And that's why he never really could get over the hump before. It's because of performances like that. I thought the fight was for the taking, and I thought Caleb could have, you know, did some damage, especially with the cut. And he didn't, he didn't take advantage of what was in front of him, you know, which was a beaten DeGale, a bloody beaten DeGale. And he allowed him to push forward in the fight instead of beating him up like he should have done. Yeah, it, it, it was it, like Caleb just wasn't the same fighter that he fought in the first fight. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I picked Caleb to win the rematch. After watching the first performance, I was like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Caleb is looking like a world beater. You know, you would mm-hmm. never have thought that this is a guy who, you know, lost to J- Jermaine Taylor in 2012. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for all you guys to understand that, Jermaine Taylor in 2012 was not the same Jermaine Taylor who won the middleweight championship in 2005. Right? So that just goes a long way just to show you how long he's come. He's He's gotten uh, – you know, beaten by Daniel Jacobs, he's lost to Anthony Durrell, but that, you would have never known that that was the same fighter who fought James DeGale the first time, but if you didn't watch the first fight and just watch the second fight, you would say, yes, I can believe that that's the same guy who lost to Jermaine Taylor <laughs> and got knocked out by, um, you know, by, by Durrell, because it was night and day, I, I, you know, I didn't understand it, as you said, Rob, and I reiterated earlier, you know, and to your point, Lucas, um, you know, even with the headbutt, if it looked intentional, Caleb didn't look like he was in that fighting shape to take advantage of, as Rob, as you would say, a cut to Gale, who really didn't look like he was, pre- you know, he wasn't really pressing the action. You know, it wasn't the same to Gale that we saw, you know, when it was a, a phenomenal fight against Battle Jack. You know, Battle Jack, he was taking more damage against Jack than he was against Caleb. You know what I mean? But uh, DeGale fought a much more uh, exciting and, and violent fight as opposed to with Caleb when he was a bloody mess. So it, it was just a very odd fight uh, all around. It was like those two guys didn't even meet each other in the ring before. And yeah, I, mean, I completely agree. It was a very awkward fight. Go ahead, bro. And, and just what you were saying, I mean, to answer the question, yeah, the headbutts look definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. But even so, I didn't see it affecting Caleb more than I saw, you know, the miscalled headbutt affect DeGale, and Caleb didn't take advantage of it. That's really what I saw. Okay. Regardless, uh, do we want to see the rubber match? Um, Do we... Do we want to see it? Probably not. No, no. Seriously, like seriously I'm a I'm a boxing fan, so I'm I mean I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I probably won't watch it live. Like I watched these fights live because I was so excited for it because the first fight was so good. The third one, I'd probably just like stream it or you know or wait for like the next day. But I, I'm gonna be honest with you. The second fight, you know, it, it really wasn't. You know, a world beater. But, you know, once again, you know, sometimes that happens. You know, look at Ali versus Frazier. Everybody remembers the first and the third fight. Nobody remembers the second fight. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where, you know, even Holyfield and Bo, you know what I mean? I think, you know, the first fight everybody remembers. The second fight, yeah, really remember for Fan Man. And the third fight was amazing, too. So, I mean, you know, I'll I'll backtrack. I'll watch it. um, But I think it's going to be really hard to promote as the main event fight. That that I was oh, saying. Definitely. It's going to be hard to promote as the main event. 
definitely it would probably have to be on an undercard or a co main. It's it's definitely not gonna be uh its own like we saw. So uh, going to uh the main event of the night, Saturday night there, uh between Aristolandi Lara and Jared Hurd. Um an amazing fight. Um one thing I, I do wanna say is that Lara actually impressed me, even in this loss to Hurd. I never had to see him lead so much, and he actually came at her. Um, very impressed with everything Laura did. Um, and Herb's a big dude. He's tall, rangy, um, awkward. And for those textbook guys like Mayweather and, and Laura, Kodo, if you have that awkward style that, to for better word, I don't give a shit style coming at you like uh, like James Kirkland and, and Hurd, just unorthodox. Uh, it's very hard to time those guys as counterpunchers. And for as pure as a counterpuncher I know in Laura, for him to lead and do as well as he did was completely impressive to me. Um, regardless, it was an amazing fight. But, um, man, that, that knockdown in the 12th, he needed it. He got it. Hurd pulled it out. Absolutely. And thank you for that, uh, Lucas, for acknowledging my boy finally, for acknowledging Lara. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think Lara is one of the great middleweights out there. Win, win, lose, or draw, he always brings his A game. And he does surprise people a lot when he steps up in situations like this because of his heart and, and most importantly, his skill. Larry is a very skilled fighter, not just a boxer. He's a very skilled fighter. And we saw that against Angulo, and we saw that against Hurd. That being said, I was not surprised with the performance that Laurel put up, but I was impressed. I wasn't surprised I was impressed, but I was equally or just as impressed with Jared Hurd because coming into this fight, it's his M.O., and and they touched on it in the telecasting throughout the fight, that it's his M.O. to start off slow. He's going to give up, up the first four rounds and, and start off that way, but then he starts to physically wear you down. By all means, somebody said that he started to break, you know, Laura down. He never really broke him down uh, boxing-wise or skill-wise or anything like that. He really just physically tries to... Uh, break you down and outwork you and and get you in cornered in those corners and everything in a position to where you're uncomfortable and then you start to feel those powerful shots like what ended up ultimately happening with Laura in the 12th round so what I was impressed with though is, is that I didn't think her to do it at this caliber of a level against a guy like Laura and he's saying something about Hurd's opposition to this point because I felt like opposition-wise, he wasn't there yet. And he says something to even Austin Trout, to where Austin Trout lost fought him and fought him well. And people, you know, thought that, okay, it's, it's just Trout's not at elite level anymore. But it showed that it made a huge difference in this fight for him to be able to continue with that same style, get caught with a lot more accurate punches by a guy like Lara, uh, you know, face everything that he fought, that he faced in this fight, and still was able to get, get the win. And I felt like he did enough to win, definitely. 12th round, I felt like he was ahead at least one or two rounds in that fight. Based on the pressure and everything that he was able to do, I felt like Lara was just physically beaten by that point. We are uh, now joined by our newest writer, Mimi Melendez. Mimi, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, guys. Hey, Mimi. Hey, Mimi. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I gotta, I'm going to throw you right into the deep end, Mimi. Were you uh, surprised with how much Laura actually led against her? Um. I was actually surprised at the fact that um, I feel like he should have did more. 
Um, he was, it seems to me like he was more on the defensive, clammed up, you know, you, um, just, just very on the protective side, you know, and I feel like Hurd was also being smart. He was doing little touch punches, which basically is like he wanted him to open up his body. So he had his hands go up. He was touch punching him. And then in order to put his hands in a position to where his, his body, you know, wasn't protected anymore, and that's when he was ripping his body. Um, I feel like he should have definitely worked on his inside game a little bit more, you know, that inside fight. I don't think – I think Lara's better at a distance. So um, I think that her just putting the pressure on him and it just really – he really went over the fight. At, by, by round 11, I had it uh, five – and then the knockdown just brought um, brought Hurd up to 7-6. So I had um, Hurd up by one round. All right. Did, did anybody actually have uh, Laura ahead? No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. No. I did in my heart. I did in my heart. But, you know, in my head, I knew he was, I knew he was behind. Um, just all the things that Mimi touched on. I I don't think that, you know, to touch on what Mimi was kind of saying, that he should have done more. I think that we like to see him lead like you like we saw him, Lucas. Like you would like to see that out of Laura. But I would have liked to have seen more movement and work on the outside. I would have liked to see him, you know, move around the ring a lot more and use his distance in the outside because when you're facing a guy like Hurd, you're not going to be able to do as much on the inside as you would be able to with a fighter like Laura, you know, on the outside coming. I just well, felt like you was... I'm yeah. sorry, Rob. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm you're, sorry. You're right. I'll just... I just felt like it was it was it was the wrong game plan, honestly. Well, absolutely, absolutely I agree. I, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and to all the viewers out there, I know it's very rare. I like to keep it professional uh, because I'm going to curse here. Heard <laughs> is a big motherfucker. Like seriously, like this guy. <laughs> I don't know how much he cuts down, but Heard is huge. When I saw him fight Austin Trout, right, and I said it reminded me of Canelo versus Smith. I said, yo. This is a big motherfucker who should not be a light middleweight. Like, Hurd is easily 160, being generous, 168. So, Lara couldn't do anything on the inside. And I respect Lara. I think he's one of the most skilled Cuban fighters, you know, besides Rigandale. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, um, uh, got Ortiz, Luis Ortiz. But the game plan, you know, I mean, as you said, I know you were saying in terms of what he should have done on the inside. But, it, it it had no effect on Hurd whatsoever. You know what I mean? It was it's not like he, you know Lara wasn't catching him with good shots. Hurd was walking through it, and that's the reason why Rob, you were saying about Hurd's game plan, and the, and the commentators were saying it too. How Hurd he gets hit a lot early and around the pocket. He knows he can get hit a lot because he is, and once again, forgive my language, he's a big motherfucker. Like those those punches cannot affect him. And you saw it. You know, you saw that with the Trout fight, and you definitely saw this in this fight. There was, there was no way Lara was going to knock, um, you know, her down. And personally speaking, I feel like Lara's team, they should have observed more. When they saw that Lara was on the inside and Hurd wasn't backing up and he was taking shots and he was eating them, they should have been like, listen, we need to mix that up. You need to use that movement that you're good for. You know what I mean? Sure, you can fight on the inside. But act like he's Canelo. <laughs> act like he's Canelo. Shoot that jab. Move on the outside because Hurd was not going anywhere, and it proved it. That it proved it. At, towards the ending of the of the fight, Lara was getting beaten so bad. You know what I mean? Because of not and not to take anything away from Hurd, but that size advantage, you could see it. You could really see it in that fight. Well, I, I'm with you there. I thought he he definitely outweighed him, um, but. With the actual weigh-in, uh, as far as Showtime is concerned, they had him weighing 163 on fight night. Right. Whether that's and actually the case or not, you know, is up in the air. But that's what was right. Like. Sometimes that stuff can be misinterpreted. I mean, it it looks worse than what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I thought he was going to be much bigger. Um, once I feel the actual fight night weight, I was a little surprised. 
Um, one thing I right. love about her also is the uppercuts. Man, I don't think I've seen that many uppercuts in a fight before. That's including <laughs> Tyson. I mean, that dude loves the uppercut. And it's kind of a lost art. I mean, you don't see a lot of it. But in her, I mean, that's like his go-to punch. Right. And look, you see, right there, you're speaking to where the game plan went wrong. He was in, Laura was in close enough for him to land that uppercut. And with the type of boxer that, you know, Laura is, skill-wise, he had no business being in that range, at least after the fourth round. Because, you know, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping him to lead and be able to have that showing through four. You know this guy's not going to pour it on yet. But after four, I felt like, you know, I was hoping he would draw the distance away and, and work his boxing, and it just didn't happen. Right. I mean, exactly what I was giving Laura props about is also a good chance of why he lost. I mean, uh-huh. it is impressive the way he led, but that's not Laura's game plan. That's never Laura's game plan. He's not supposed to lead. He is a counterpuncher. So there, yeah, the fact Laura- that he was even trying to lead, is already going down the wrong path. Yeah, in my opinion, I think Lara, I think he was trying to please the fans. I think that's really what it was. He was trying to please the fans. And I think, you know, as you said, he understood, you know what, if I'm going to keep getting fights, you know, and if I'm going to keep keep getting really good fights, I have to be the opposite of what people, you know, have been watching for a very long time. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't really, you know, appreciate the boxing, the moving, the sweet science aspect and want to see a brawl. And I think that's what Laura did. I think Laura, he really said, you know, I'm going to appease the fan to make sure that, you know, uh, no disrespect that I'm not rigging now. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I'm not fighting in exp- obscurity, you know, and, and, and I'm getting more fights. And I think actually, I think more people are going to fight Laura now because, you know, he's willing to trade shots as opposed to being unavoided fighter who just, you know, moves and you have to catch him. I don't yeah, think that's I mean, Lara's strong point, though. I don't think that him um, exchanging shots, especially um, the inside fight, it's not It's not Lara's. Um, he hunches over. He leaves himself open for uppercuts. Um, he's not really on the offense. He's just kind of, like, protecting himself. Um, I just think that that's not a good game plan for Lara. He will continue to lose if he continues to do that particular um, – Type of fight. He he boxes beautifully at a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yep. he is just a technically gifted fighter, but an inside fight for him is not the that is not the best type of fight for him. And actually, that's how he lost. Heard did a great job of cutting off the 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 ring. Um, Heard was just he imposed his size on him. Uh, Heard got had a good uh, inside fight going on, and Lara really had no response for it. And Lara had nothing to keep him off with it, had nothing to, you know, grab his attention, you know. And he just basically imposed his will on him. And it was it was hard to see Lara in that position because we know how gifted he really is. We know how beautiful he boxes and how he, you know, he's so sleek and slips in and out, you know, and with, with, with ease. So it, this was just, it's just a really, really a question of, like, what happened to Lara during that fight? Was it really trying to please the fans? Is it his age, his legs? Like, what really happened during the fight? Like, only, I guess, his team know. But his team knowing the way Hurd fights should have prepared Lara for an inside fight. And let me ask you something, Mimi. So, to my point, though, with us knowing that Hurd doesn't really open up until the fourth round, though, could you see Lara maybe going on the inside and taking the fight to him at least for the first four rounds? Or you think he should have just laid off the whole fight? No, for me, I think Hurd has a lot of problems with sleek fighters, with fighters like with Trout coming in and out. You know, he has a lot of problems. But what happens is, is with Hurd, that's why the first four rounds, he's not really effective because you're not stationary enough for him to trap you, for him to get you, to get you on that inside fight that he wants. So what's happening is, is, you know, everybody's, you know, if you're in the first couple of rounds, you know, the boxers have the energy, so they're slipping in and out, you know, catching him, outboxing him. He's outboxed pretty easily. Problem is, those people coming in and out, they waste a lot of energy. So then by the time they start slowing down, Herd starts picking up. 
and that's where Hurd shines. He shines from fifth round down. That's when Hurd takes over, and that's when he knocks him out. I agree completely. Uh, reminds me a lot, you know. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, James Kirkland in a lot of ways. Maybe not the the straightforwardness, but the just the uh, the aggression yeah. for one. But uh, the straight yeah. brutality of all of them. I feel he's a little bit more sharper. Than on the fundamentals wise anyway at least than uh Kirkland. Sorry, Luke. I know oh, that's no. your boy. Heard <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlo. How do we see that? And uh is Heard gonna be overlooked again? Is he gonna be the underdog going into that fight? Jules, I'm gonna let you take this one first because I love this uh I love this topic. Oh my gosh! Um, I would say probably, but slightly, maybe I I, I don't know because I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm on the Charlo bandwagon, so it may sound a little biased coming from me, but I, I'm really really on the bandwagon. But at the same time, if Charlo, if Hurt and Charlo were to fight now, like right after this. It probably would be very close. It would probably be fifty-fifty, only for the fact that you know Hurd is coming. From, you know, basically, Hurd has a really dominant performance right now. You know what I mean? He's coming off a massive win, so it'd probably be close. If you would have asked me before, I'd have been like, "Not nah, Charlo all the way," but because of this performance, um, it, it's a little closer. But the thing is with me, Charlo, I don't see Charlo actually fights good on the inside too. Like, that's what, you know, you have to understand. Not only is he fundamentally good, he, he knows how to fight on the inside, too. And I think, you know, as Mimi said, and actually we all saying it, Lara was so out of his element with that style that that's the reason why he had gotten beaten. And me, I also think the weight, but whatever. <laughs> you know, we'll put that on another show. But um, Charlo's not going to be out of his element. He's not going to be out of his element. In, in my opinion... We actually haven't even seen the best of the Charlos yet. And that's what's scary. I think when it comes to somebody like Hurd, Hurd cannot afford to be getting hit, okay, the way Lara was hitting him in those first couple rounds. He cannot. Ask (laughs) J-Rock. You know what I'm saying? Ask J-Rock. Do not get hit by – because Charlo get hit. That boy boy got some pop. So he needs to understand that he can't can't afford to do that. So – I think he probably would be the underdog just because, and the commentators were saying it, guys like Al Bernstein, they were saying, like, you know, this guy gets hit a lot. You know, that's just, that's his style. And he, he, he's got to work on that defense if he's going to fight someone like Charlo, who not only can pop, but he, 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 can, he can punch. He's got a really good punch output. Yeah, all right, find that. All right, let's see. Move on. Oh, go ahead, bro. I wasn't done. I'm sorry. There was a little pause there, so I thought everybody was done. Go ahead. So, Jules, yes, the Charlo bandwagon, sign me up. I've been on the Charlo bandwagon this whole time, and it's really for personal reasons because I'm a twin brother as well, and I kind of like to think of the Charlo brothers as me and my brother Weaver Boxers. So we are kind of living vicariously through them. But I think Charlo what kills Jared Hurd. Charlo to me is not just one is not just the best middleweight out there. He's a pound for pound fight future pound for pound fighter. Now he doesn't have the opposition yet to be considered a label pound for pound. But that's how I feel about Charlo. He's at that level. Um, to me, in my opinion, I think he can even go up and chase Canelo and make it a good fight if not beat Canelo. Hmm. Now, that wow. fight isn't happening right now, so I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, make a prediction, but I think he's that good technical-wise and the power. 
you know, looking at those the Charlos from when they started to where he's at now is a big difference. He's shown us that he is capable of being a pound-for-pound fighter, in my opinion. And I think Jared Hurd, you know, another stepping stone, but I think he'll be able to get a, a great victory, if not a knockout. If not a knockout. I think he can knock Jared Hurd out with all his power and all his might and everything. I think Charlo can do it. And, you know, Charlo looked ready that night. If you stayed and watched the uh, interview afterwards, Charlo looked like he was ready to fight her that night. In my opinion, I think also between Charlo and Hurd, I would lean more towards Charlo as well. Um, I think that Hurd wouldn't have such a big size difference um, with Charlo. Charlos are also, you know, pretty big, um, pretty big for one 154. Um, he's um, and I feel like he's a more complete fighter. He um, he's he's technically pretty sound, and I think that he has a lot of a lot of more um, just just a lot of more pros than than Hurd has. And Hurd does get hit a lot. I do realize that you know that's the way he fights, but you have to think about your shelf life also. If you that's the way you're gonna fight, you know you're gonna keep getting hit. Like I understand you're knocking people out, but you know it's I understand that you know, also the you know take one you know to, to to throw one, and I get that too. But I think Hurd gets hit way too much, and with a Charlo, with Charlo, you know, it's just not, it's just not going to be beneficial for him to get hit by them. They're they're really he's really powerful, and I feel like he could be top dog at 154. Yeah. That's, I, that's I gotta, right. I gotta agree too. To, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you, Lucas. To, to piggyback off, uh, uh, to piggyback off of, of uh, Mimi over there. Listen, I, I, I still watch that uh, Charlo uh, J Rock walkaway knockout. <laughs> I still watch it now. Like when I when I watch it, I'm like, oh my god. You know, it, it's it, I I you know, there's certain knockouts that like are more brutal as time goes on, and that's one of them. Because you know that was such a beautiful knockout by Charlo, and as as you know, as you said, Mimi and, and Rob, in terms of your point of, of Charlo being pound for pound, Charlo really has the skill to be a powerful pound fighter. In terms of the opposition, we're right; he hasn't had that yet, but he really has the skill and the power to 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 be powerful pound. Both of the brothers, in my opinion. I'm sorry, Lucas. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Knockout that comes to mind when you said that Martinez versus Paul Williams, man, it gets worse every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's eyes open. That's a brutal one. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't watch it out of respect for Paul Williams, <laughs> you know. But yeah, man, yeah, it's up there. All right, guys, let's move on from uh, this weekend. Let's talk more about something in the news. Uh, of course, we all heard Manny Pacquiao's gonna be coming back fighting Lucas Matisse. I'm fine with the fight. My problem now, Manny's not going to have Freddie in his corner. Um, a lot of people say it doesn't matter. I want to hear your guys' opinion because to me, without Freddie, he may be in for a world of hurt. What are your guys' thoughts? I don't understand why he's changing Freddie so late in the game. You know, he's almost like nearing retirement. Um, Freddie has worked for him. I don't understand why he's um, why he feels the need to to change. You know, Freddie. I mean, I feel like in the herd. I mean, in the herd. Excuse me. The uh, the fight with um, the Australian guy. Okay. Yeah. Horn. Um, the, the, horn. 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 Yeah. yeah. And with Sardulanich. <laughs> yeah. With with Horn. His fight with Horn. You know, he was you know very active, and people can you know actually debate for him being actual the actual winner um, of that fight. Um, I don't think that changing Freddie at this point is a, it's a good idea at all. I, I completely agree. Uh, and with Boo Boy, I mean, you're, you're just going to get a yes man. And, and that is not good to have in your corner. You got to have somebody with experience that can see what's going on in the fight. You need that extra pair of eyes. Um, I can't say that Boo Boy for sure is going to be what he needs, uh, especially if he starts getting in the thick of things with uh, Lucas Matisse. Um, not saying that, that Manny can't handle himself. Obviously, he's learned enough. Like you said, he's he's near retirement. He knows what he needs to know. 
So it's not that Manny or Freddie's going to be teaching Manny anything new. Obviously, that's not the case. But he needs that person to get him up every morning to run. Um, he needs somebody that's not just going to say, yes, Manny, yes, Manny. And I'm sure Freddie tells him yes quite a bit, but he still needs that uh, extra pair of eyes in there uh, and just that extra motivation. Um, maybe he's doing it just to stay in the Philippines um, throughout most of his training camp. Um I'm not completely sure, but um, Jules, Rob, any thoughts on it? Uh, Rob, you can go. You can go because I'm going to rant after this. So, you, if you want to go first, please do. <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to go against the grain on this one, being in the fact that uh, Boo Boy has been in the corner before. Um, they're there's, very there's good Rob. friends. There's Rob, always throwing the shit. Go ahead. I'm not stirring the pot. I mean, I'm just, let's be honest. Manny's a legend, okay? You always, in anything that you do, anything, um, any job, any sport, any profession, anything that you do, you always can learn more, okay? I understand that part. You always can. But at this point in his career, I believe, hasn't he learned enough from Freddie? You know, hasn't he learned enough? throughout his career from Freddie that, that 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 could possibly be all that he needed from him. You know? I think right now he's looking for something comfortable. He would rather uh train in the Philippines his way. You know, he's been doing this long enough. He, he knows what's good for him, what's not good for him. He should by now anyway. And the man's a legend in the sport. You know, so I I really don't think Freddie at this point in his career will matter. Um as far as that point goes, I also believe in in the person that he's facing with Lucas Matisse. You know, to me, he's looked like a shot fighter in recent fights as well. So I really, really don't think he's going to matter in this particular fight because I don't think Lucas is going to be able to – I think he's going to be able to make it competitive, but I don't think he poses a threat to Manny at all, you know? So – that's why I'm going really against the grain because, in my opinion, it's it's a legend versus, you know, somebody who could have been a legend. Uh, hold on now, Robin, for Jules, before you start, you start uh, ranting here. You don't think Lucas Matisse? No. Even, and, uh, I mean, I, I would say maybe even in if he was in his prime, Manny, maybe he wouldn't pose – so much of a threat, but you're telling me he, he poses no threat really to to no Manny threat. at all. No, no threat, threat at this point. Based on let me let me based ask you on the age. If Horn can land, you don't think Matisse can knock him out? Horn is a young fighter, though. No, Horn is. I'm a, a Manny Pacquiao fan. I, I'm confused. I I feel like this should be the other way around, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and this Look, is this is you know why I do what I do, but. To back it all up, it's the age is a difference, the 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 passion, all of that is a difference. I'm seeing, you know, sometimes even when you're most passionate and you feel a certain way, because this is Manny Pacquiao, he's fighting, right? I still don't think that the age and, and his body is there physically to pose a threat to Manny Pacquiao at this point in his career. I just don't see it. I mean, let's be honest. That last knockout he had, if that wasn't a stage knockout, I don't know what is. That looked like me in a tough oh man contest. You, you're going to get me sued one day, Rob. You're going to get me sued, I swear. <laughs> I'm just saying, that last fight, that last knockout looked like me in a tough man contest after I paid the, uh, the guy 100 bucks to take a fall. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, uh, Rob, you're going to get a shutdown, uh, man. <laughs> Robert Alexander's views do not reflect heavy bag boxing. There you go. Go ahead, go ahead Jules, on your Rob. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think I want to rant anymore after Rob <laughs> said uh, they're taking some dives. Um, it, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think with Pacquiao, it, it's a terrible idea. Uh, Mimi, you actually hit the nail on the head when you said him doing it so late in the stage of his career, it's a mistake. Um, I have nothing negative against Boo Boy, um, but, you know, Lucas, you, you have a point where you said that Boo Boy is not really going to be that trainer 
that Manny has been used to for almost 20 years. You know, you have to understand that, you know, Freddie Roach was that guy that got him over that hump. You know, I remember watching Pacquiao take Little Wobble on two weeks' notice. You know, he took Little Wobble on two weeks' notice, and people were like, who the hell is this guy? And that's when the Pacquiao tornado started. And I think, you know, with me, I'm big on coaching trainer relationships. I mean, excuse me, fighter trainer relationships. You know, and I always say it because one of my one of my favorite fighters, in my opinion, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, Mike Tyson, we saw what happened to him with a trainer change, <laughs> a trainer that he had since, you know, he was a kid. You know, when he left Kevin Rooney, right, it, it was a totally different fighter. And the reason why, granted, as you said, you said, Rob, even with Tyson, Kevin Rooney – you know, taught everything Tyson needs to know about the whole, uh, about the uh, peekaboo system. Same thing with, um, you know, with uh, Castiamato. They didn't have to be there because he knew everything about the, the, uh, the, the peekaboo system. What it was is that as soon as he left that original core team, the discipline left, he started getting comfortable. Everything just left him to the point where he wasn't the same fighter anymore. He wasn't the same elusive fighter anymore. And with Freddie Roach, you're right. He may know everything that Freddie can teach him. But what's going to happen is that when he's in that ring and he's not looking the same Manny that we're used to seeing with the combination punches, the aggressiveness, you know, the movement, that's going to be because he's not going to have anyone to tell him that who's known him for almost 20 years, listen, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. You understand what I'm saying? All that's going to change. And I think at this against a fighter like Matisse, as I know, Rob, you may think that he's shot, but let me tell you something: the last thing to go with a fighter is power. <laughs> that is the last thing to go, and Matisse can hit. And if Pacquiao doesn't use what he's been taught by Freddie Roach and what Freddie Roach has instilled with him for the past twenty years in that ring, uh, we might see Pacquiao go to sleep for the first time. Actually, excuse me, for the second time. <laughs> it might be Marquez deja vu, you know. So I think it's a terrible idea what Pacquiao's doing. I think, um, you know, he, he's really setting himself up to, to be beaten and beaten real badly without Freddie Roach in his corner. All right. Uh, nearing the end of the show, I, I do want to hit a couple more things. Uh, the Canelo situation. Now, I, I want to know, honestly, what you guys feel. We're obviously not accusing of anybody of, of fed use, but I want to at least hear what you guys feel. Do you believe the meat story? I don't believe it. I don't believe the meat story for one second. Um, I feel like he's, you know, it, the, that same excuse has been used before for clambuteral, and he thought it would be a safe excuse again that he would get away with it. Um, I don't believe for one second um, that that's true. And I, I completely agree. Um, obviously, it's it's a a thing of history. Everybody kind of knows it's there. So it's, it's a built-in excuse waiting and, and ready to right. be used. Um, why you have one of the biggest fights of your life coming up, would you even attempt that? I mean, you can, you can fly in any steak you want from wherever. you got money to eat whatever the hell you want, but you're going to eat some tainted meat. I'm not, I'm not buying that shit. Rob, Jules, you're quiet. Go ahead, Jules. Go ahead. Oh, come, come on. on. I'm, not trying, I'm, I'm not trying to get heavy bag boxing sued. That's, that's why I didn't, I didn't say anything. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, also, also, the two failed drug tests. It's not just one. Yeah, I know. That's what I, I was just about to say that. And also, listen, I, I've said this so many times. When I watched the, I watched that weigh-in live between Smith and Canelo, and I was like, holy shit. Like, when did Canelo get so fucking big? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, wait a minute. This, I mean, he wasn't just big. Like, he towered over Liam Smith. It was like the freaking Hulk, you know, versus an ant. It was crazy. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I don't think he's juicing. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know. I don't, you know, and then I saw another picture of, like, Canelo's career over the years. 
his his body transformation, and I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. he really it's it's really changed drastically. You know, from like a Floyd Mayweather, you know, to to now, and um, you know, Mimi, you said it best. Like, it was an excuse that was used in like 2011. That's the whole thing. It's like we can't really you can't really say it's contaminated meat when those you know athletes were getting you know busted seven years ago. So it's kind of hard to kind of say, okay, buddy, you think Mexico didn't solve that problem in the past seven years? <laughs> you know, so. Um, if, if you want to get a firm answer, I have to say I I, I can't I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. I think it's just I, it's just hard. It's just I feel like it's got to be a better excuse than that. <laughs> okay. Robbie, your last one, there, buddy. Okay, it was the meat. It was the meat, y'all. It was the meat, and I don't, and I don't have a single solitary argument other than the fact that we can't prove it. That is it. That is all of my argument is. Is it, it was the meat, and if you say it wasn't, prove it. We can't. I just want the fight. But he to go can't on. prove that it is. But, he can't prove that it is. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want the fight to go on. Okay, that let's, that's, I'm let's buying be honest. this time. Let's be honest. If it was one failed drug test and the Nevada the State Athletic Commission actually believed his story and he had any shred of evidence, just anything, the fight would be happening. The fact that the mm-hmm. fight is not happening means they have pretty substantial proof to say, eh, this is probably not tainted me. Well, look, um, he didn't get a hearing. So he wasn't able to prove anything. We weren't able to see any proof. Whether they had factual proof that he did take the drug or whether they didn't. We don't have that. He didn't get the hearing. He didn't get to plead his case. That's for one. For two, uh, stand by the fact that other fighters like Ortiz has gotten away with actually taking a positive test and not being suspended and were able to fight and then uh, Ortiz took one fight, you know, he didn't, Wilder didn't fight him, I understand he lost money there, but he was able to take another fight and then get the fight that he originally wanted with the positive test. And all he had to back up was, oh, I have high blood pressure, but he didn't prove any of that or show any of that. So let the fight go on. You know, I want to see it. We all want to see it. Mimi, you want to see it, right? Um, you talking to me? Yeah, you would like to see it, right? I, I I don't want to see that fight because I don't want I don't want someone that has an advantage over Triple G in that fight. I don't think that any type of PED usage whatsoever should be allowed in the sport. Danger, um, boxing is dangerous enough without you know having you know extra help. And I think everything should just be training, dedication, and a lifestyle change. There. How is he going to prove that it was a meat? Bring a receipt from a Mexican grocery store? Like, what is he going to do? I know. You know Lucas, he, that's funny. Lucas, he can't. So punch. there's no way to prove it. There's no way to prove it either way, whether it was, you know, PV usage or contaminated meat, which I think is is just such a foul excuse. He has so much money. I'm pretty sure he can get prime meat, meat from a, you know, from places that even we can't get meat, you know? I mean, I just I just don't, and I don't want the fight to go on. I don't think it's right. It's not fair to Triple G. If he's coming in clean, whoever fights him has to come in clean, too. I'm all for safety and, and clean fighting. I think the solution is just let's 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 just let all these guys take steroids. Let's just let's just there's no problem. Here you go, Triple G. Sorry about the whole meat thing. Here you go. Here's some HGH, some TRT. You know, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Because the reality is that I do want to see the fight. I mean, I, I do agree with you, Mimi. I do want on a clean playing field. But I was crushed when the fight was canceled. I wanted to see the fight so bad. And um, you know, it, it, in my opinion. If Wilder Joshua doesn't get made this year, we don't really have any blockbuster fights this year. That was it. You know what I mean? Like, that was the blockbuster fight. And, you know, of us as boxing fans, we know we have great cards, right? But, unfortunately, boxing 
doesn't live on with us. Like, you know what I mean? It lives on with the casual, you know, the people who, you know, watch boxing, you know, once or twice a year just because of a big fight. And, you know, Triple G and, and Canelo not fighting, not only does it suck because, you know, once again, it, it's not a big fight that's going to keep boxing in the conversation, but also, you know, casual, like, oh, see, I told you, boxing's not only corrupt, it's dirty. And that's the reason why I'm furious about all this. You know, we already got enough to deal with boxing and the fact that this fight is canceled, you know, and, and now it's got a, a, another uh, PED scandal. It just makes things, does, it doesn't look good for boxing. He was scheduled wow. today to actually meet for the hearing. And if you ask me the reason, he backed out and backed out of the fight. Was He had nothing. He wasn't the meet. But, uh... Yeah, I, I got I gotta I gotta go with Mimi here. I, I don't want the fight to happen, and I don't want the fight to happen to make a fucking statement. Make a statement and say, hey, look, we don't care if this is one of the biggest names in boxing. You cheat, you're gonna pay the price. You're gonna get suspended. I want him to be suspended exactly. for a year, if not if not longer. I would I would like to see a longer suspension. People die in this all the time. Yeah, There's multiple deaths every year. One of the most dangerous sports, obviously not the dangerous sport. I mean, there's bullfighting and other crap like that. <laughs> but one of the most dangerous sports. And it's, and it's already hard enough, not to mention cutting corners. So you have cutting corners in training, getting the weight off, not to mention adding muscle. It's, it's complete cheating. I mean, not to mention it, it, it destroys the history of the sport, too. Especially when you, you look back at the old time. We didn't have no PEDs. Like, Corn fed. That's that was their <laughs> performance enhancing drug in the nineteen twenties and thirties. You know what I mean? For guys like Henry Armstrong that actually went up weight classes and did it the right way, it's a slap in all those people's face and it pisses me off every time I, I hear about people getting caught like this and it getting swept under the rug. Um so I'm really wow. glad that the fight's off. I hope Glove can can uh, go on and, and do better things anyway. He he deserved to win that first fight in my eyes anyway. Um I thought he answered that out, too. Yeah. Yeah, so real quick, quick, Lucas, real quick, Dan, we just learned Mimi's a saint. Uh, Jules is a devil trying to get somebody killed. Lucas, you would be a good (laughs) judge, and I'm an instigator because I instigated that whole thing. All right. uh, Before we sign off, initial reactions to what is supposedly – going to be Mayweather-McGregor 2. It's going to be set in the octagon. No kicks, no takedowns, no go. elbows, no knees. Certain things will be allowed, like a clinch. Um, just initial reactions to this. Mine is, in one word, garbage. But uh, you guys, go ahead. When I heard um, Mayweather talking, uh, when they were interviewing him uh, during the Larry Heard um, <clears throat> fight, I was just in shock when he said first I was in shock for two things I was in shock because he said he wanted to get in the octagon I said this man has lost his mind and number two because he's trying to put tank in there with Loma without even tank even knowing anything which I think was like wow like I think you should probably discuss that with your fighter but I know that's a whole you know we'll probably save that for the next show but anyway so I'm just saying that basically you know I just think that he he's definitely I understand Mayweather loves money and he loves attention. I get it, you know, and he's, you know, one of the best fighters of our era of this time. But, you know, if you're retired, just stay retired. Roundhouse kicks to the head, I don't think it's a good idea for Mayweather at his age. And if that's not allowed, then it's not really a cage fight then. It's a, a messy boxing match. It's like a, a Sean Porter fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a boxing 20. match. It's a kind of cage. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob. So that's my boy, thought. Mayweather. You're, what's your I'm, thought? I mean, my my thoughts aren't indifferent at all. It's it's money. It is what it is. What is the root of all evil? Money, right? Oh man, Mayweather's got a lot of. It. <laughs> Just just once I want to see you go against Mayweather. Look, it doesn't matter. He's using the sport and the common people. Why would I go against Mayweather on this one, though? It's it's a smart – 
what does Trump do? What does uh, all those billionaires do out there? You know, they use advantages to get more money, right? So why why am I going to chastise Mayweather for, you know, look, I, I, I will. I'm passionate about this. I'm very passionate about this. Mayweather does not have any endorsements, does not go out there and, and, and take money from other people to have all these endorsements and everything, these $99 million <laughs> for Nike endorsement or anything like that. He doesn't. I'm not he so actually, sure he's offered endorsements is the problem, Rob. He, he, you're you're he, thinking, he, you're thinking he's turning people down for endorsements? No, because of the way he conducts himself. He beats women bro, and no. he got put in prison okay. for it. Now we, go, now we go there. That's in the past. <laughs> the man, the man, oh, the man is, I should have put that on mute. My apologies. <laughs> hold on, hold on. The man is making his making everything off of what he does for a living, off of his sport. He's not going out here and, and doing something stupid and crazy like WWE. It's not fake. He's already still done a winner. WWE. He did that one time. I think time. that's awesome. That'd be better. Oh, yeah, let no, no. be Ron Rousey. No, he's doing an actual sport, and I commend him for it. And I think he'll do well in the octagon, especially with these rules. So, <laughs> well, yeah, Rob, it's a, it's a boxing match in a cage. Of course he's going to do well. <laughs> especially with these rules. And no, I think with these rules. And I think, <laughs> and I, hold on, let me, and I think it should speak towards his legacy. He was the... That, you know, the biggest athlete of our era, period, that we've ever seen. The biggest athlete, money-wise, fame, record-wise. And if he wins this in the octagon, then he has this to add to his legacy. So you can't take that away from him. And, you yes, know, the only, issue, the only issue is, is Connor is no longer a champion in the UFC, so we can't actually beat Connor in the octagon under these specific rules and say I'm a UFC champion. But still, I, I'm all for it, and I'll buy the pay-per-view and have the party. If this is if this is true, shame on the UFC. It's just despicable. I'm changing the sport. I mean, that would be like, I mean, this when Conor McGregor first time fought, tried to... fought, and then they allow takedowns in boxing. It just it it doesn't make sense to to cut out things that you can do. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Um, and I guarantee you, Mayweather is the one that brought these up. But why would he go to the extent to rate his wrestling a seven? <laughs> Which is yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm very skeptical about it, Lucas. You you hit the nail on the head. I've I've watched mixed martial arts for a very long time, and if if Dana White and the UFC, if they do this long term, they're going to hurt the credibility of their brand. They're going to yeah. they're really going to they're going to hurt the credibility of their brand because you know once again it's a mixed it's mixed martial arts. You know what I mean? It, it is a mixed martial arts organization. So we're talking about Muay Thai. We're also boxing, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, and so on and so forth. It is not to prove who is the best fighter under a, 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 a rules that favor one fighter. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be against the best fighter, right, with multiple martial art disciplines. And I can't see Dana White saying, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice the integrity for a brand that I built. They built – I mean, listen, let me tell you something – these guys had to fight to be on pay-per-view back in the day. Porn was on pay-per-view, and these guys couldn't get on pay-per-view back in the day. So to, to kill all that and, you know, to say, okay, you know, we're going to make an exception, I, I doubt it happens. I, I doubt it. I, I don't think so. And I don't think Conor McGregor would want to do that. Conor McGregor has always said, he's always told Mayweather, even after the fight, he said, okay, we did it your way, now do it my way. Do it my way. I want to see if you really are the best fighter in the world. Do it with jiu-jitsu. Do it with wrestling. So why would Conor say, you know what? I'm just going to take the money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's I, why. I, money. It's about money, guys. Look, that's what it's all about. <laughs> look, look, it's still a sport, though. The problem is, and the, I, you know how it's, I feel it's about It's a money sport. sport. The first one should have never been allowed to happen. Nevada State Athletic Commission should be ashamed for allowing somebody who's never fought a professional boxing match to fight literally the best of this generation. Should not have happened. It's dangerous, one. 
What? He held his own. He didn't get he hurt. Didn't hold his own. If if Mayweather's able to walk straight forward through your uppercuts and punches, you're you're not holding your own. Also, Mayweather admitted that he carried him. So <laughs> that yeah. that's already been I mean, yeah, that's obvious. already been debunked. That was obvious. Yeah, he already he admitted like, that. He, oh, he, he, uh, yeah. Everybody's like McGregor landed more punches than many. I mean, come on. He allowed him to hit him. I mean, it was obvious. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Look, if he wants to go and shit on MMA, you know, I, I would rather have that. I wish the boxing one didn't happen. We can't take that back. But, uh, Rob, to add to your legacy comment, I'm going to end with uh, a couple other things here. Apparently, he was riding uh, in a convoy, apparently three different trucks. Somebody pulled up and actually shot one of the trucks, shooting his um, one of his security officers. Um, I believe he's getting out of hospital either today or was it last night. But um, this is a guy that just – I don't know. He, he doesn't – his legacy is not going to be good. It's good as a fighter, but as a man, he's, he may be leaving a, a not-so-good legacy behind. As Mike Tyson said, I mean, really, he, he can't consider himself the greatest of all time. He can't take his own kids to school. Ali could walk down the middle of the street with no help. Nobody's going to fuck with Ali. You know, yeah, but look, I, I mean, they're gonna Ali, mess with Ali is Ali. Yeah, you can't you can't yeah. compare Ali and anybody else though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. I do all the time. I think Mayweather's up there. Yeah, go, I know. Go Rob. ahead. We we know that. Go ahead, Mimi. I think Mimi has um, a point. No, I just think that you know, in, in all honesty, I just don't. I don't feel like this fight will do anything for his legacy at all. Um, him going into the octagon, you know, to touch up on what um, what you were saying, I don't think it does anything for his legacy. And I think uh, also that um, I've always respected what he does in the ring. What he does mm-hmm. in the ring is 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 amazing. It's magical. It's something like you know no one else does. Period. Point blank. He's in a league of his own. Best of his, of this era. Like I, you know, I want to reiterate that. But I just don't feel like as on the outside. You know, he's had a lot of controversial comments, controversial things, arrests, um, you know, just just a lot of, you know, bad, you know, just bad, you know, type of, like, you know, just reports on him, just, just a bad, like, rep out of the ring. But like I said, I don't take away from his accomplishments inside the ring. He was great. He was great. But I, as a person and as a man, it's, he leaves a lot to be desired. I got to echo that, that statement completely. He's he is no yeah. no doubt one of the best generations fighters. I mean, as far as boxing is concerned, he could be, you know, in the dictionary, his face could be shown. I mean, that's that is Floyd Mayweather. However, you get things. I mean, even even as far as to talk about his promotion, look, Badu Jack, Gervonta, De- he doesn't have a bad stable. He does not promote them worth a shit. It's not he treats, true. He treats those people bad, and he's throwing Javante Davis true. to the wolves. And, not true. And we'll get into this Gervonta, later. <laughs> Ger- yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah we this, will have to. I can take this on for a while. I can take this on for a while. Javante Davis uh, is going to be facing Lomachenko should he beat Linares. Uh, I know that's he not a blockbuster for fight for, for common people, but uh, that's definitely my blockbuster fight. We'll be touching on that, I'm sure, in future Tough Talks. Um, but for Jules, Robert, and Mimi, my name is Lucas. Thank you for joining Tough Talk, and join us again next week, 8 p.m. Tuesday night. Good night.